This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Welcome back to another episode of Previously on Lost, and we are running, running, running away with this one. Because why? Because we are born to run. That's right. This episode is called Born to Run. It is a Kate-centric episode, and boy, does Kate have some issues in this episode that we're going to dig into. Uh, but this is episode number 21, recorded here on March the 17th, 2020. That's the first time I've ever told you the date, so check that out, guys. And... Um, I am Mike, and I have with me two other amazing co-hosts who love the show. I have Corey. How's it going? Oh, it's pretty good, man. I'm I'm ready to run, but uh, I'm locked down here in quarantine, so I'm going nowhere. Nowhere fast. That's right. He's going nowhere fast. Neither was Michael. He wasn't going anywhere either. <laughs> Steven, how about you, man? I'm doing good here, too. Just waiting for uh, someone to come stamp quarantine on my door. And nobody's done it yet. On the inside, of course. Oh, my. Listen, uh, there's a lot of things going on in our world today. So we hope for these 42 plus minutes or so, we kind of take your mind off of everything, guys. And uh, and listen, if and, and our thoughts and our comforts are with all those who have been affected by this and are currently being affected by this. And uh, we hope this thing goes over quickly so we can um get back to our previous resume life and find toilet paper again in the stores but there's not really many other network or show announcements to present to you so we are just going to dig right in there was no previously on loss on this time but there is a summary so steven tell us a little bit about (laughs) this episode born to run all right, this was episode 22 of the first season, originally aired May 11th, 2005, directed by Tucker Gates and written by Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. With news that the raft must leave at once to avoid changing winds, Kate decides that she needs to be one of the passengers and attempts to steal Sawyer's spot. Meanwhile, suspicion abounds after Michael's drinking water is tampered with. Flashbacks in the episode focus on Kate reuniting with Tom after she learns about her mother's cancer. And I have some facts here for you guys. Um, The time capsule that Tom and Kate dig up is in a New Kids on the Block lunchbox that uh, she is seen stealing in the episode The Incident Part 1. Jacob would later buy that, or would buy that, box for her because hmm. she gets caught trying to steal it yes uh, jacob is just the friendly slash kind of creepy guy that's uh there to you know spot the bill yeah um, this next one's so funny to me and then uh an, an apparent continuity error arises when arts claim arts that's even harder when it has a possessive S at the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, his claim in this episode um, that they were on the cusp of monsoon season um, uh, is, is a continuity error because despite the absence of continuous uh, torrential rain, I totally stopped the sentence. 
But uh, basically, the after this, there is not a bunch of torrential rain uh, in the season finale and thereafter for like the rest of the, the um, following seasons. And the producers basically address this by saying, um, you know, Arts is an idiot. And uh, he <laughs> yeah. didn't really know it was that. Because basically, if it was the cusp of monsoon season, uh, not only would it be raining a bunch in the next few episodes, but, you know, monsoon season monsoon season is pretty long, so probably for the next month, which would be all of season two. So, you know, sometimes yeah. a continuity error can be erased when you just say someone's stupid. Uh, anyways, this episode opens with the introduction of the or- orchestral piece that will subsequently become Kate's main theme throughout the series. If you think hard enough about it, you'll know what this is. It's, it is a really good theme. It's very dramatic. I think we, we get a lot of it in season six, too. And flash sideways with Kate. Yeah. Sideways. Kate is on the run constantly. Um, yep. And then this episode marks the first appearance of Daniel uh, Rosebuck, aka Leslie Arched, uh, and Beth Broderick, who is Diane Jansen, Kate's mom. Sweet, sweet. So let's talk a little bit about the episode then. Um, just some key episode moments, some things that we like, um, things that we didn't like. So uh, let's. Let's see which storyline do we want to go through first. Um, there's a there's a few storylines to go through. Let's talk about the. I think we should talk about the Jack, Said, and Locke storyline first. So this 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 reasoning that Said tells Jack to come here, I got to show you something, and Jack sees the hatch for the first time. Yeah, I think this is really like the most interesting part of the episode, or or it's it. Maybe you could say it's the most interesting through line in the show right now. I mean, right. If you think back about the previous two or three episodes uh, with Boone dying, attempt to save Boone and the funeral was all related to Locke and Saeed's episode going to see the plane and then the hatch. Like That's what we're all invested in. And then we get a little bit of it at the beginning of the episode and it all kind of second fiddle to this other who poison Michael story. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, it was interesting because they're talking about it. They're talking about it. And then Jack's like, we need to get it open. And then like Saeed just goes off on Jack. Like I brought you here to talk him out of it. And now you're talking him into it. He said, do you not see the latch? Do you not see that there's, that there, that there's a reason we can't get in. There's no, there's no handle on the hatch. (laughs) There's, there's probably a good reason. There's not a handle on the outside of the hatch. We don't know what's down there. And then Jack pretty much said there could be supplies down there. And there could be other things, and um, just the interaction between Saeed, Jack, and and um, and Locke in this moment was was really good. I forgot what Locke said to him. Um, oh, and Jack Jack like fired right back at him. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, something about it, Locke saying, "Didn't go yeah, ahead." Yeah, he asked, know. he asked him about the uh, why didn't you tell me about the the Halliburton case when you. You know, when you found it, the reason was discretion. 
Um, right. Right, yeah. that's what it was. Jack said, well, how come you didn't tell me about this when you found it? Well, how come you didn't tell me about the Halliburton case when you found it? <laughs> yeah, I really, I like, I like the discussion about discretion. I thought that was really interesting because we've definitely, we've seen everybody here make decisions. Saeed as well, when he decided not to tell everybody about Rousseau's mm-hmm. transmission. Um, you know, uh, Locke has been hiding, you know, the hatch from everybody. Jack has kept Kate's secret and many other, you know, the Halliburton case. They all, all three of the people there have used their discretion to keep information from the group many times. So I really thought that was kind of a, a just a good conversation between, you know, these kind of dueling leaders. Um, really kind of helps to, you know, further the divide possibly between Locke and Jack, with, even though they are still working together pretty well this episode. I like the the part where Locke said, uh, with all due respect, respect, Jack, since when do I report to you? thought that was yeah, you know, really a good, good kind of point. You know, Jack Jack's kind of a, been appointed leader, but Locke, Locke has never decided that. <laughs> well, I have, I have two things to say about this. First, I think it really came to a head when, when who is it? Hurley reveals uh, that Kate is a fugitive, and then you know Locke thinks is just like, you know, a Christmas present for Locke to go. What you know? See, see, you're holding stuff back too. It was just perfect timing for him. Uh, but actually, in a little bit in defense of Jack, I will say that you know Locke was originally the person way back, I think, in White Rabbit that that kind of. Uh, knighted Jack as the leader like you have to be the leader you're the leader and so you think Locke would kind of follow through with his own uh, idea that that Jack should lead everybody but and I usually defend Locke but you know Locke keeps his secret for so long and then it's so silly when when Jack finally you know sees the hat surprisingly Jack and Locke are suddenly on the same page. Jack actually agrees with Locke, you know? Yeah, you know, best case scenario, there's supplies. Worst case scenario, to shelter. And, of course, Locke, you know, his thought is more like, my destiny down there. But, at the same time, they do agree that there's a, there's good reasons to try to open it. And, as Saeed said, the, he could think of far worse things down there than those two scenarios. Thought that was a good, good line, good yeah, line by I, him too. I like this because it it shows that Jack and Locke actually have a common goal for once in the series. Because you you don't see them have a common goal um, very much in the series, but this is something that they're both in common for. <clears throat> albeit that they're for different reasons. You know, Locke wants in there because Locke believes it's his destiny. He doesn't even care what's in there. Jack wants in there because he's like, if we're going to be stuck on this island, at least there could be supplies or we could use it as a shelter somehow to get in. So they're going to they're gonna work together in these next few episodes after this one. We're going to see them blow the door off and we're going to see them crawl into – we're going to see them crawl into the hatch. And then this, well, we're not going to see them crawl into the hatch this season, but we're going to see them crawl into the hatch and, and discover what was really going on down there. Now – you know, I have a theory because I, I love art and I think that 
had instead of trying to go get the, the dynamite, which which happens in the next few episodes, if they had just told all the survivors that there's like a pallet full of toilet paper at the bottom of that hatch, they would have just ripped that whole door off and just found a way to, to tear their way down there. You know, I, I, I believe it right now. I believe it. But I mean, it was so I think that that setup and that part of the story was a good part of the story between those three. Um, now, obviously, we're going to see how it plays out in the next few episodes. And we'll talk to you, talk to everybody how we're going to do that here in a few episodes, because we have <laughs> technically it's only two parts, but really they broke it into three parts uh, for the season one finale. I guess the way they thought was if we go out, we're going to go out with a bang and we're going to make it so that, hey, we're if we get canceled, at least we're going to make them wish they knew what was going on. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. They, they went out with like everything on this episode. Um, but well, so I thought that was a good part of the story. Yeah. I, I really love that part of the story. I think that it's always fun when Jack and Locke are forced to work together, mm-hmm. especially when they're forced to have to problem solve and not just like do something physical, like going on, on an adventure in the jungle. Like that's that's different, but when they actually have to uh, kind of be political or, or have to be mediators and and help you know both be leaders together, like they're playing. I mean, they're not doing good cop, bad cop, but they basically are both kind of being detectives on this case to solve you know what happened. Like you have so Jack is talking to Michael, uh, Michael, and then whose lock is it? talking uh to hurley yeah Yeah. he's talking to hurley asking him because like you you've been on uh raft watch and you know like two episodes ago uh or maybe just one jack wanted to kill Locke. he had his hands around his neck Mm -hmm. and now they're you know buddy cops and it's really interesting and it goes to show that they have a great dynamic even though of course they they do want to kill each other at times yeah and they don't want to admit that they actually have a lot more similarity than they think. They're just motivated by different things where they have different ideologies. Right. Well, what, what's another um, key storyline or, or episode that, or part of the episode that, that you guys um, really took to? Well, well, or we want to discuss? There, there's a lot, but before, before we, we get off this, I do just want to throw a little shout out to Hurley for just always coming in with the comic gold there when the the whole part when he, he said I can't keep track you know I can't I don't know who you know who's lying to who he, he doesn't know who knows what it was just really <laughs> a really a funny moment there kind of remind me of, I don't know if you guys are are fans of a friends TV show but the episode where Joey everybody was finding out the secret and Joey was trying to keep track of who knew and who didn't? It was just kind of a throwback to that for me. Just, just funny seeing Hurley struggle, you know, kind of giving up Kate's secret and not even realizing he did it. It's just a really good moment I, there. I really have. No, I've only seen like halfway through season two of Friends before I got uh, taken off on of Netflix. Oh, so good, so good. But you so, know, I, I do. I've liked the episodes I've seen, but overall, I'm big Friends fan. Unfortunately, but I've I've have many friends who love friends so uh joey is good uh but before we get into 
like the thick of the the Kate stuff. Um, just to talk about a few other things that I thought were pretty cool. I the little parts of this episode that I liked were were some of these discussions about what's going to happen after we're rescued because it's been a while since yeah. they've discussed it's like early on at the beginning of the season when nobody knew each other and frankly nobody wanted to get to know each other very well they talked about dang it as soon as i get off i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that whatever i'm gonna go straight to here but then you know after we get a few episodes in or a few weeks into their life they have to stop thinking about that because you're gonna go crazy if you think about that all the time and they start just kind of accepting i have to survive but now they're close enough to rescue the raft that they're actually starting to think about it again and i think we all thought it was was pretty interesting how claire and charlie talk about getting together in la he's gonna record you know his new songs like such as uh monster kills the pilot or eats the pilot whatever, whatever that track it's is called platinum too <laughs> it's just so cool how he he's just like riffing on the guitar and she's trying to give him a haircut and he's he's like feeling it you know and i mean anybody who has tried to do something creative knows the feeling of like being completely unmotivated then all of a sudden being able to like do everything so i i love that and then even uh you know Michael and Walt are talking about it. Of course, we get a lot of Kate talking about trying to escape and Sawyer. And it's really, it's an interesting dynamic to have these little. Well, the, 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 uh, um, the Claire and Charlie thing almost took, took a back seat in this episode. We didn't get much of it. All we really saw was we saw their kind of relationship starting to, to come to kind of bloom and to kind of really blossom and then kind of grow toward one another. Um, but other than that, we really didn't get much from them for sure. But it was nice to see him trying to play the guitar while he, you know, while she's she's cutting his hair. And you, you got to say, Charlie was probably right. If they had got rescued here, you know, he he probably could have, you know, made a made a pretty nice comeback album. And you know, I wonder if his album sales did actually soar when people found out he died. Because it seems like that's what happens I, when music, musicians die. I think I think that that was said in season four. Yeah, I was wondering if we ever five. got the answer to that. I think they said, I think even if it wasn't specifically by a person, I think on a news article or on the, like, the TV news, somebody said, and today, like, like uh, Drive Shaft's, you know, albums or something went platinum or sold this many, this many records or something like that. I, I can't remember, but I thought for oh. I could swear that something... Um, I just remembered when it happens, actually. Naomi says something about it. When oh, she yeah. is crashed on the yeah. island, I think it yeah. actually might be in, in late season three. She goes, you know, in her act, oh, you're the rock star. Yeah, your albums went crazy after <laughs> yeah, that's that's what right. it is. After I'm we thought say, you died. I knew, I, I, knew, I knew it came back up somewhere. I just couldn't remember where it came up. Because then she kept saying, okay, rock, you know, okay, rock star. She kept calling them rock star. You know, then when they're uh, in the finale, when she's got the phone she's like uh as soon as the rock star does this or whatever and oh yeah your boyfriend just saved us all <laughs> but yeah i think she says something to him earlier yeah about about that, that's right so let's so let's talk about the raft then because that's on a lot of our list too uh 
there's a lot of stuff going on about the raft. We have Art saying saying that they needed to set sail like yesterday. Um, a lot of stuff happens around the raft. What's something that kind of, you know, the central storyline is Sawyer and Kate fighting for a spot. Well, I th- I think you know that really the action of this episode gets kicked off with Doctor Art's speech, which you know kind of leads to the actions of the next couple episodes. But, you know, we find out later uh, Lost put out the, the missing pieces, little short web, short web episodes. And we, you know, we found out in one of those that uh, Arts was lying here. You know, he, yep. he just uh, was making this up to try to get him to, to hurry and, and get finished. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I kind of also I saw that. explains that continuity, you know, the continuity error of why the monsoon season didn't happen. It's, well, because... Arts was just lying, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. but it, it did get you know get things in motion here. Um, obviously, got you know people starting to realize that it's uh, you know really happening, which leads you know to Kate trying to figure out a way on the boat, which uh, she she tries a few different ways. The uh, hey Michael, you shouldn't take your son approach didn't work real well (laughs) (laughs) did she i always cringed at that moment in the episode every time i've seen it i'm like did she really just say well you know do you really want to take do you really want to take your son with you you know something can happen out there i'm like "Eh, do you really want to say that to the guy that's not really yeah that one gonna plead your case very well went over like a lead balloon on that one but um i i personally enjoyed the uh her attempt to take Sawyer's spot led to a lot of good confrontations between Sawyer and Michael. Um, and then Kate and Sawyer, really, uh, really, uh, a lot of back and forth there. Kate, Kate's pretty good. I, I like the part when she, you know, turned around to Sawyer and said, if I want your spot, I'm going to take your spot. I thought that was kind of the, the first, mm-hmm. the first time she really, uh, kind of, you know, threw that out there. Well, what what do you think about him outing her in front of everybody as she's as she's burning? You know, Sawyer sees her burning the passport earlier in the episode to poor Joanna, the girl who drowned, and um, and, and then you know the next moment, you know, Michael's kicking him off the raft, and he's like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, I didn't even do it," you know, and he gave a spot, he gave us, he gave her spot, her spot to Kate. And he said, wait a minute, she's the criminal. There's a reason she wants on this raft, and he outs her to everybody. Well, overall, I think that was a pretty good moment. I do think that, like, it, it's cool that that happens and that they kind of follow up. But I just don't think that this really fits well at this point of the season. Like, this whole story feels like it's more of a side story than a main right. episode. And... I mean, I like the idea of, of Kate getting outed and like having to deal with now everybody knows I'm a fugitive, but the momentum of her being dangerous and a fugitive was so heavy in the first like five episodes. And now we're on like episode 20 or something. Yeah. And it just feels like this has not been addressed for so many episodes that frankly, it just, I don't really feel like I care that much about it. Like, okay, well, yeah, she was a fugitive, but she's also been out in the jungle saving people's lives and like putting her life on the line to help everyone. Like Kate is a hero. Who cares if she was, 
So I just I don't think it works as well. Uh, I do think it's it's a cool little like back and forth between Sawyer and and her, and I do like the whole thing where she she melts the passport. Like that's cool, and the idea that yeah, of course she is still worried about herself and wanting to get away. That stuff is interesting, but when she's outed, it doesn't have like that much weight. Yeah, I I, I think I agree with that that. That the the ramifications here aren't so much in her relationship with the other castaways, you know, because yeah, it seems like they can kind of get over this pretty well because they've been living with her for a while. But I think the real ramifications are between her and Sawyer. I think that's really where the uh, the weight of that interaction comes in. That you know, then later when he tells her, you know, she she asks why he wants to leave so bad, and he says, you know, there's nothing on this you know, on this rock worth staying for. And I mean, I think that's where the emotional weight in the episode came from more than the other passengers finding out. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a, that is a good point Their their relationship. And, you know, they do have this budding you know, romance at this point. Yeah. And yeah, I, I you could see that the, the <laughs> Right now they act like they hate each other, but you know there's we know there's something there, for sure. So it, it was a good kind of like I agree. I think it was kind of more of a side story. I wish we would have got it closer to the beginning of the season rather than so far in. I think the whole point though is to try to show you that Kate is desperate to to run away because you know she was on the run from the marshal in this episode. Then she's she she has to run away from her mom because her mom is screaming out, you know, and we'll find out later why. But her mom is screaming out, you know, that she's there, so she has to run again and she knocks out the security officer. So <laughs> sorry for him. And then now she's like she's running away again because she's trying to get even though she's made all these connections on the island, she realizes that once and Sawyer's right, once her feet hit soil again, she's got to run. Because when they find out she's there, they're immediately going after her again to arrest her. So she's immediately got to get off the boat where or the plane, and she's got to go away. So, so besides Sawyer and Kate, a lot of other stuff happened around the raft. Mainly Michael getting poisoned. So let's talk about this storyline, because this one's interesting um, on a few levels. Yeah, I think this is interesting. Like Any sort of uh, whodunit is, is kind of fun especially when you have this big cast of characters, uh, you can really place the blame on a few different people. I don't know if it, like the mystery never really developed into that much because uh, it was pretty much blamed on Kate or in Sawyer immediately. But uh, I love the ending to it. I think that part's yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, so I like, I love seeing Jack in action, like, you know, look, finding the thing at the bottom of the water bottle and and there are some good scenes that you get, that you get out of this story for sure. Right, and it all boils down to Sun trying to get Jen to stay. So when you see that, so when you see at the end that Sun is the one who did it or asked Kate to do it, it it's interesting because she she doesn't want him to leave because she's afraid that if he leaves, of course we know Jen was leaving for her to try to get her rescued, but she thinks he was leaving that once he left. He was going to completely leave her. Well, I I thought that the way they handled that was actually pretty good. You know, we got the one little scene 
of Sun asking Jen, you know, if he was really going to leave early. So we got that one little scene, you know, that that she's concerned. And then we, you know, then they kind of dropped the whole Jen and Sun angle. So you're never really thinking that this had anything to do with Jen. You, you know, you're thinking, you know, was it Sawyer? Was it Kate? Was it even Walt, you know, gets thrown into the mix there? But I, I kind of liked how it came around with, to me, I thought it was a couple good twist endings there. You know, we find out, you know, that, that Sun was the one who did it. And it what you know, was supposed to be Jen and not Michael. And then um, we also found out that, uh, you know, that it was Kate who, it was Kate's idea. So that was another nice little twist. And even then, Sun still thinks that Kate was just helping her out, not really realizing what you know, that Kate had her own motives there. So, I thought there was a lot of good twists at the end. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the talk we get with uh, Walt and uh, Locke out of this. Actually, I like I like Walt uh, in a couple different scenes here. I like that, that we revisit the whole burning the raft thing and Walt because we haven't had that much Walt and Locke for quite a while, and him, you know, basically saying it wasn't me, and and they had a good little talk there, reminded you of of their friendship, and then when Walt at the end, you know, admits to burning the rack, like that's a big moment, and it's, it's yeah, it's a big. I feel like there's not as much cool stuff with Kate. I like some of the development we have with some of the other characters, like absolutely, uh, Mike. Michael and Walt, this is a, a monumentous uh, development for both characters. You know, Walt admits to burning the raft, which is not an easy thing to do. And then Michael is, you know, so much more ter- mature to be able to accept that. He doesn't freak out. And he even says, you know, if you want to stay here, we'll stay here. And you can see that both of them have grown to love each other. You kind of meet in the middle because yeah. his because Michael understands he's got to do what's best for his son, even if he doesn't want that. And then Walt understands, like, you know what? I need to listen to my dad, and he knows best for me, and they kind of do this together. So it's a great moment. Yeah, it. I, I really did. I agree. I enjoy the character development of those two so much in this episode. And of course, then when Michael says, we could stay if you really want to, and he said, no. No, we can go, and it all that all stems from when Walt is with Locke, and Locke's talking about trying to get the hatch open, and Walt says, "Don't open it! Don't open it! Don't open the hatch!" And and he starts to like freak out, so you automatically start seeing Michael's con- uh, Walt's connection to the island. Like there's something there. There's a reason why in the end of the show, Hurley and Ben go back and get Walt and take him back to the island. He has that connection. Yeah, I, th- I think it's cool that we get some kind of creepy uh, foreshadowing of the future. Yeah. While warning him about the hatch, that's that's great because right after this episode, we're about to go full hatch mode, so got to be ready for it. Oh, yeah. And, I, I mean, to me, I think here in the first season, the the to me, the best parts of Lost was when they just really kind of blew your mind. And this, to me, was one of those episodes where it's like, Walt saw something, and you're like, how does Walt, like, Walt doesn't even know about the hatch. 
So when he's telling Locke, don't open it, like, what what is what is happening there? Is he having visions? Can he see the future? I mean, that that was a real brain buster. And there was a lot of that going on with Walt in the first season. And as I, I think, you know, it's just kind of a shame that because he, you know, he grew up so quick and, you know, they had to kind of get away from that as the main part of the story. But to me, that's where the real meat of Lost was, you know, this first season. And I thought, I thought this episode really, yeah, the end of this episode really hammered that home. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, anything else that happened around the raft? What y'all got? All right, well, there's nothing else around the raft. Anything else that happened in this episode? Well, I just want to say Arts is awesome, so I love having little Arts. That was a great way to start the episode. Well, next uh, couple episodes, we're going to have little Arts <laughs> on all of us, so... <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Oh, that's funny. So, oh, I guess revolving the raft, or you know, involving the raft a little bit. Uh, Kate's uh, speech at the end, like, like we talked about it a little bit already, but I think that her speech itself really falls flat. It just like she gives this whole speech, and it just doesn't really mean that much. I don't know if it was. They thought it would be a more substantial you know ending yeah. but the scenes that work a lot better are like the scene with her and Sawyer right afterwards where they discuss stuff and the other scenes with like Jack and Son the ones we were talking about with Walt, Walt and Michael so yeah I don't know the, the whole speech it just it just seems like there's a lot of misfires in this episode and I'm going to use this to transition to the part we've all avoided so far which is the flashback and it just some of this feels a little too contrived like i i think kate is a great character and i love kate and i think a lot of people complain about art you know about kate sometimes and i don't think that's really the fault of of her character the writers i think a lot of it is she just has so many episodes that it's easy to criticize her character because right because like an episode like this I don't think the flashback is that great. And I think a lot of us go, okay, he gets three flashbacks, but Hurley only gets one. Like, why don't we even this out a little bit more? Uh, because we didn't really need, because at the end, this whole flashback tells us Kate is someone who runs. And we already knew all. We don't need to be told that. And we learn this stupid history about a little toy plane that yeah it was a pretty terrible history for that plane we it was it was meaningless i mean i understand it would belong to the man that she that that she loved i get that but still it's just to me like a letter from him or there's like i don't know the plane it just doesn't seem to make sense uh i did the letter just doesn't i mean a letter would be more substantial there's so many things from a loved one or a person in your past like a toy plane just seems I just can't I've never been able to wrap my mind around it to get to the point where I understood why you would rob a bank to get wow I I gotta say I I think I had a completely different reaction to this flashback than you guys wow Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh there he is I gotta say Kate does have a lot of flashbacks I think this was my favorite of all of them um 
I kind of, wow. I kind of enjoy. You know, the plane. It's it's really? just a little <laughs> visual representation that she's still holding on to this. Of all the things that we find out that Kate did, this was another episode that kind of it kind of a misdirect for the audience. You know, we're still trying to figure out why she was a prisoner, and we still don't get that answer. You know, because she get gets away at the end, but that plane. You know, it's kind of a, a symbol that she's still holding on to this. And of all the things she did, this is by far the worst. I, I mean, I think he, she got the, you know, her, the, her first love killed, who is now happily married with a young son. I mean, he just, she just firebombed that family. You know, he's trying to help her out. He gets her to, you, you know, she gets him or, you know, it's it's on him too. You know, both of them, they, you know, he cheats on his wife and then gets shot trying to help Kate, um, you know, his his first love. I I thought that it was really powerful. Um, I enjoyed the scene where they went to dig up the time capsule. Maybe I'm, I think I'm just a sucker for time capsules. Anytime there's a time capsule in the store, I think it's, it's kind of a cool thing you know <laughs> throwing in the lunchbox when we find out more about the lunchbox later was cool i like the the tape of them you know their conversation when they were young and you find out you know kate's kind of always been that way and yeah we already knew that about kate but it, it's kind of interesting finding out that she was like that even as a kid um yeah i just i thought this was, i just thought it was a really good flashback yeah, this was you know my, the- my favorite kate flashback Hmm. Well, I I understand um, that there are some cool things that happen in this flashback. I do think the whole going to the the time capsule and digging that up—it's a really cool visual. That big tree, very reminiscent of like Shawshank Redemption, right? And uh, the, the whole thing is really cool. And I think especially like on paper, just like my imagination, it's really cool. But for some reason. When I'm watching the episode, I just I'm, I can never get into it. Um, I don't want to harp on this guy's performance. I don't even I can't even think of his name. I think I've seen him in other stuff, but for some reason, I just don't really buy like their relationship. And honestly, maybe it all goes back to the plane. The plane just annoys me because like they set it up in this episode like ten episodes ago, and then it just feels like the whole flashback is there just to convince us that the plane was important enough for her to want like and maybe that it's unfair to weigh this episode on like two other because basically it's like in the past like she had to rob a bank for the plane and then she tried all whatever episode long get the case from sawyer and all this line and sneaking and so personally maybe i'm unfair on this episode because i'm kind of using that episode to weigh down on this episode. But I just, I don't know. The whole ending, I mean, what do you guys think about the ending where it is heartbreaking he dies, but it just is a little weird. Like, he gets in the he gets in the car and he won't get out. Yeah. By the way, that guy's name is, is Mackenzie Aston. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, uh, else I've seen him on. I, I haven't seen him on... Anything he's done like a little like a lot of one offs on like NCIS and Psych and Bones and 
Uh, he's Noah Baker on Scandal, if you've seen that. Um, he played on Rosewoods. He played in The Magicians, which I've never seen. Uh, I probably saw him on like one of those episodic crime shows at some point. Right. He maybe, was on, maybe Psych. Yeah, he was like House Psych. and Psych. And, yeah, it was, oh, maybe House. I used to watch House, too. I loved it. Hugh Laurie. Come on. Uh but uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I I feel bad for the guy that he definitely you know got killed because of Kate. Um, but yeah, I I I want a big fan of the plane. I've never been a big fan of the plane. It's now I understand Kate gets a lot of hate. <laughs> she does, and I think she gets a lot of hate from the fans because they feel like she's just she'll be. Oh, I hate to use this kind of terminology, but like she'll be damsel distress at one time, and the next time she'll be, you know, um, mm-hmm. Elsa wanting to fight, you know, everybody. Kind of, kind of a she, yeah. she, she's that kind of girl on the show. So she does get a lot of hate. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of this of this flashback either myself. I mean, I, I feel like I, I was I was more interested in wish we could have gotten more of Walt and Michael and the Raft story and maybe even the more time with Saeed Locke and Jack. You know, I would have loved those a little bit more than the amount of flashback that yeah. we got. But that's well, here's, here's how I would... Unless you're Steven. How Steven I would describe... Everything uh, about Kate, so... <laughs> well, no, no, I do like Kate. And, and here's how I'd like to describe Kate. Like, Kate is, is such an important character that... She is like the quarterback at times, and you know, like the quarterback can be a great player, but they throw one incompletion at the end of the game, and they blame the whole loss. They're like, "This guy sucks. He's whatever." You know, Kate carries the story a lot, and then you can have an episode that obviously Stephen likes, a lot of people like, but you know, a good portion of people may dislike, and so it's really easy to like rail on her, and and um get after her just because she has so much screen time you know you could say like i love hurley hurley definitely doesn't have as much screen time for the most part as kate so you're not going to be as critical about him so i think that's where a lot of like i think a lot of it comes down to he always has like three episodes per season or or at least usually the most so it's really easy to get annoyed by like one of those three But but the to go on the positive side, I think the best scene, maybe of the episode, but definitely of the flashback, yeah, that, that is her was, and her mom. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, her mom looked horrible. Yeah, and, and to, to see her, no, I not the actress in general, oh, geez, but Stephen, no, that yeah, that can't can't I mean, like but that, her body. You, you know, you could really feel that she was <laughs> sick and in dying and her reaction to just and how it was kind of a slow build and you know just how terrified she looked when she realized who it was like i i mean great job by the actress and you know great job by kate reacting to that i i mean yeah that was a really kind of terrifying scene for sure yeah and i mean you you know that you're going to Obviously, we're going to find out about why her mom is so upset at her, you know, later on in the series and all. But yeah, I thought, I thought the emotional build, I thought the the performance by the actors, I thought that was a very good scene. Um, I applaud Kate for going and wanting to see her mom one more time, 
but Kate could not have thought that that scene was going to go any differently. I mean, she 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 could not have thought that her mom was going to forgive her. You know, for everything right then well, and there. I gotta I mean, say, I just, you know, I earlier I know. this year I, I I voiced a little displeasure at how much I dislike Susan Porter. Kate's mom is right up there with Susan po- Porter and my most hated characters. <laughs> a little. Uh, ranking (laughs) i mean what what she does later in the series when she just the way she subjects kate to abuse and then turns her in to me that's you know just kind of unforgivable but at this point we don't know any of that and to, to see a mom terrified of her daughter i still don't think in the future that that this fear of kate is ever Justified. Kate never in any way harmed her. Uh, you know, she she never had any kind expressed any kind of danger to her mom. It was, you know, she killed a guy to protect her mom, and this is how her mom reacted to that. And I think it you know, it's kind of a totally inappropriate response in my in my opinion. Well, well, you're talking about a, if I remember correctly, the mom was abused by the gentleman. Right. So, yes. you know, some studies have shown that, that anybody that's been in an abusive relationship builds such dependence upon the other person. You know, and I'm not a medical expert. Understand that now. But I've read a lot of counseling and psychology books because of my profession, too. And a lot of the reason they build such an attachment to that person that's abusing them, even though they know they need to leave, but they build such an attachment to them because they feel like if they don't have that, then there's nothing there anymore. So the moment there's nothing there for them. So the moment Kate kills him, she feels like you took the only in a way stable thing in my life, no matter how bad it was out of my life now. And now you made me the way I am. Now I'm gonna be a wreck because of you. So again, I'm not I'm not a psychology expert by no means, yeah. but but I I do see what you mean. We do know that Stephen. There's two women Stephen will always hate in his life, and that would be Susan Porter and um, Diane. Uh, so, <laughs> but 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 but, but no, you're right. I, I, th- I think you're in out. I think. But, but but you are right in the fact that she should never have subjected Kate to that. And by the way, just as a free announcement here and stuff like that's happened to you please find somebody to talk to <laughs> but 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 you're right but that scene itself was very emotionally good the way they did like you could see this so it made you almost want to know holy crap why does kate's mom hate her so it sets you up for the next season like i want to know why she hates kate or what why what what happened that set that off in their lives so, yeah, there there was a lot. Of, there was, I mean, that was the big unresolved question, you know, built going into season two. Um, you know, it's, we still haven't got, we still don't know what Kate did. And, you know, they even ended up calling the episode finally what Kate did. But um, yeah, that's that's the thing. They keep teasing all season long, but we never do find out what Kate did yet to, to make her mom have this reaction and to make her a fugitive. So you know, it, it was a it was a a long, slow build, but I, I do think that it was handled fairly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the the scene 
you know, her crying for, for help is, is definitely very emotional. And Evangeline Lilly does a great job portraying kind of the shock and terror of, of now, you know, thinking, I mean, now that we know what she did, you know, she murdered uh, her stepdad to free her mom from this abusive relationship. And now her mom, not only is she sick and obviously not doing well, but she's terrified to see her daughter. And so Kate is trying to save her in a heroic way and then come to her and, you know, it just has to tear her heart out. Now, I think, I think if we think about the timeline, yeah, we later find out, you know, that that her mom had already turned her in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's very difficult. So, it def- maybe you do understand this, you know, from this scene that you, you learn really why Kate is the way she is in a lot of ways. Like why she's not very trustworthy or trusting of other people. Why she really has a hard time opening up to anybody because her own mother you know, rejected her from for, for doing what she did. Now, obviously, you know, Mike laid out some reasons why that it, it is definitely a reality uh, so yeah it's a very complicated complicated story yeah it it, it really is so um i i did i did have one question also while watching this too that i i don't know if we got an answer maybe you guys remember but did we ever find out who wrote that note that, to kate that let her find out about her mom did, because it wasn't Tom, um, so do we know who let who was keeping Kate informed? Obviously, knew of her identities because they left a they Package left a for, note for, or a letter for Joan for, Hart. Um, yeah. So did we? Did we think. ever find out? That who is a really good question. Keeping her informed. Um, I honestly like forgot about it. like that they, part. They covered it. They they didn't let you see the signature. They didn't let you see the you know return address or anything. So. You know, I, I was trying to re, trying to figure that out. So my first my first instinct is to say her real dad, but you know her real dad, he's definitely a very you know, true law abiding citizen. He works in the army, right? Or he, he's a general, or whatever he does. Uh, yeah, not a general, but he's in the army. Uh, I don't know if that would be part of his character, but I could see him some him doing that he would definitely probably know that otherwise you think it would just be like some sort of criminal um, person at, or someone that she can whatever do a favor for or pay or whatever to, to give her information yeah that's possible she could she could have had someone maybe doing some research for her to find out how, you know what's going on with her mom that that could make sense yeah i, I i'm i'm looking right now um <laughs> On on trying to find out who gave, um, who who left the package. Um, I will say that's one of the the cool things about Lost is trying to piece together all these little things, and even just I mean I know I I give this episode crap, but even even that like it is fun trying to piece together Kate's history and her her flashbacks and when what happens and they do all correlate together 
like I said, I'm not a fan of the plane, but at least there are all the pieces that that fit together and build this this really interesting timeline of her history leading to the island. So I might have to look it up a little bit more later, but I do know that in season two we'll find out what Kate did. So we'll see that episode in season two. It's not later on, way way later on. It's really not that far in. It's like season. It's like episode nine of season two. So. So, the other thing about this episode, before we move on, is it is the penultimate, penultimate, ultimate, penultimate, ultimate, whatever. It's the one before the penultimate episode, right? right? <laughs> so I don't know what that says about it, but it is it is put in a weird, it's in a weird spot because we just had this crazy stretch. I think we've talked about it in every episode. This crazy stretch of really good episodes. And then we have the finale, which is essentially you have like the lead up, which is kind of, it's like part one, but it's more of a build. And then we have a two hour finale, or you could say it's a three hour, whatever. But but this is kind of the ep- the in between episode between you know that chunk of three and probably the chunk of five before it. So it's it's definitely a weird sandwich, and that might be why some people dislike it. Some people do do really. Because that's pretty. I think that's pretty consistent with a lot of the, the penultimate episodes. Uh, that some people love them, some people hate it, and it just depends on how they they play for for people. Right. What's the one in season five? The I don't know. That follow, follow the leader. Some people really hate that episode. Some people really like that episode. There's a lot of them that are near the end that are kind of polarized. So the letter here. Um, so we know money came with it. Um, I really, I really don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know. Some people think that it, I don't see how this person could have thought it was for her stepdad. Uh, a lot of people, um, I always thought the letter was from Tom. From so, Tom, who, who she, yeah. Right. Who, for, for a lot of people believe it's probably from Tom. Um, we don't. I mean, that would make sense. Well, well, to me, though, when, when he, when she showed up in his car, you know, he, he was surprised and then she told him that his mom had can- that her mom had cancer, and she wouldn't have had to tell him that, even though he already knew. But she wouldn't have mentioned that to him if he was the one who wrote the letter. So that's why I I didn't feel like it was Tom who would have written it. Obviously, he would have known, so he could have. But I thought that that scene kind of made it seem like that wouldn't be the answer. Right. Well, there is, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at a blog from 2007 right now, like two years after this episode aired. Um, some people suggested the marshal could have been the one that sent it to, to try to get Kate to make contact with the mom so he could I catch like that. her. It's an interesting um, yeah. So that was um, that was interesting, although he did send it as, you know, how did he know she was in New Mexico or whatever, and... Um, how did he know to leave it in the name of Joan Hart? Um, yeah, if he knew the motel to leave it at, then he probably wouldn't have needed to try to set her up. <laughs> to, right. He could have just apprehended her there. I so. mean, we know the letter says, says, 
you know, love whoever. So we we don't know that 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 the the letter was never answered, as far as I know, on Lostpedia or anywhere else like that. It was never. See, now look, I, my mind is completely sold now on trying to figure out who wrote this <laughs> this, yeah. this 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 freaking letter. Thanks. If anybody Thanks listening lot, has it, has any great, if anybody listening has any great theories, please. Please drop us a line. We're we're gonna be thinking about this one all week. I'm like I'm not even I'm not even thinking anymore about this episode. I just want to find out what the crap happened to this letter. Who wrote this letter? Oh man, this darn letter could it have and been those, and, Sawyer's and those girlfriend? Are the rabbit, uh, Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, I guess. Hey, and these are the rabbit holes that Lost leads you down, and and that's some of the fun of the show. Oh, oh yeah, trying to figure out these things. <laughs> My goodness. And, and you know, it's funny back in like 2004 when people were trying to figure this out. They're like, this could be the key to all of the island's mysteries. <laughs> Who sent this letter? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I think I stumbled upon it. It was Jacob. Jacob sent the letter. You know what? If everything else fails, it's just, just, we just blame Jacob because that just seems, he seems to have his hand in everything. So when everything else fails, just, just blame Jacob. Just blame Jacob. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, there, there's nothing on Lostpedia about the letter, so um, that was uh, th- there. There's a there's a few mysteries that we'll never get the answer to on this show. Um, they they gave us the answer to Shannon's inhaler, but they didn't give us this answer. What were they thinking? What the freak? <laughs> so I guess we'll never know. That's right. The only other big one is is the the who was shooting at them when the ship was jumping back and oh, forth but it, it, we, we, now i'm so frustrated we never got that answer how did they put that in there and not give us an answer i'm, I'm still mad I about know. that one well is there anything else about this episode before we close out guys <laughs> this is just a little small point but it just it's just one of those that stands out to me because uh for one thing i, I rooted for the yankees back in 2004 and i'm still kind of hurt by that world series but when Sawyer goes to Kate when they're having their little fireside chat and he said that Michael's going to cowboy up, um, you know, cowboy up was the big rallying cry for the Red Sox that year um, when they made their three games to none come back over the Yankees. And the, the writers of this show had to be fans of the Red Sox or maybe fans of the Yankees because they continue to bring this up. Uh, you know, Christian Shepard talks about, you know, this is why the the Sox will never win the series, even though we find out, you know, Jack finds out in the cages later or in the in the wherever he was being held that uh they did win the series. And it, the the whole cowboy up was was the real theme of that whole run. And I I'm still, you know, maybe a little bit bitter that the Red Sox came back that year and then mm-hmm. Kevin Millar <laughs> and the whole mm-hmm. cowboy up thing and the fact that Sawyer uses that phrase just makes me think that that Sawyer you know Sawyer just knows everything we don't know how Sawyer knows everything but I'm sure the phrase existed before them but yeah that's really where it became popular well you see Sawyer as a as a con man he has to do a lot of self quarantining so he just uh you know looks up a lot of information all the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have to say that is like a fantastic piece of information because I've heard people say cowboy up and 
I never knew that there was any correlation and that, I don't know, that was like the coolest bit of information to know that that actually tied back to the Red Sox and, you know, we're going to have that World Series tie in uh, throughout the whole show to a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. it is important throughout the whole show and uh, that's cool. Good, good. And especially considering the, the conversation that's going to come up between Sawyer and Jack here in the next couple episodes. It's one of the best best moments of Lost, in my opinion, is that conversation between Jack and Definitely. Sawyer. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that might be next episode. Maybe. I couldn't remember if it was part one or two. Or it's one I'm of pretty the sure first. it's part one. Yeah. But. Well, let's get... Uh, so, give me about a 15-second thoughts on this episode, Stephen. All right. I, I really like this episode. Um, there was... Every part of this episode I enjoyed. I enjoyed the whodunit of Who Poisoned Michael. I enjoyed Doc, you know, the introduction of uh, Artst. Um, I en- enjoy. I really enjoyed. This is my favorite Kate backstory. I enjoyed the digging up the time capsule and just the shock of you know what Kate actually did this episode. And I really, really enjoyed um, Walt. The whole Walt touching Locke's arm and saying, don't open it, Mr. Locke. Mm-hmm. And the whole finding out that, uh, you know, now that he says we have to leave, you're, you know, uh, where before he didn't want to leave. So uh, the stuff about Walt and uh, uh, to me was really the highlight. Sweet. What about you, Corey? That may have been, that may have been more than 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to say that, frankly... You know, this episode, it's not like a bad episode of television, but I just, frankly, I just don't really like it that much. Um, like I said, maybe I've seen it too many times. I just don't really care for the backstory, and I really don't care about that plane. When I see it in her hand, when I see them bring it out, it 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 gives me no emotion. I think them playing the, the tape was a little more interesting, but... Um, you know, some of the, the the dialogue is just they're just really trying to reinforce the whole born to run thing theme. And I don't know. I just I'm not that big of a fan of it. I do think there are some really good ca- moments with other characters throughout the episode because there's great characters on the show. There's always going to be really good moments, and the writers are good writers, so it's not like it's bad. But yeah, I just don't really like them. Yeah. I- I'm I'm almost in the same boat. I think, you know, my 15 seconds is to say that I feel like as much of progression we was making toward the season finale of this of this uh of season 1, I feel like this is almost a uh, uh it kind of digressed a little bit. Um I feel like this episode would have been okay if it was earlier in the season, but I feel like when you've built up so much momentum with Boone's death and we got to get the raft, we discover the hatch, and then you kind of, you kind of, you know, sink back down a little bit into this. Like, okay, I feel like we've not really moved the story along here. We've just, we've just kind of stalled. So I feel like it was a little bit of digression. But, anyways, that's that. That's me. So let's rate it then. So one out of twenty-three burned passports of Joanna. <laughs> R.I.P. Joanna. Poor Joanna. <laughs> um, I know myself, I give it 15 out of 23 uh, burned passports. So, Corey, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going 15 out of 23 burn passport. And Steven, join us. <laughs> I uh, I gave this one 21 out of 23. I almost gave it a... Tw- I considered a 22 out of 23. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I kind of enjoy the fact that this is the first episode we've, we've really all kind of, you know been so far apart on our opinions. So I, I think that's kind of... I like well, that too. You know, it evens out the score a little bit. Wait, wait till we get to season two, because there's a lot of episodes in season two. If I remember correctly, there was a few of them I just did not like, and I just wish I could have never watched again. So that's going to be interesting. A lot of people love season two. I have some issues it, with season two. Yeah, this is this is by no means an episode that I would skip. Like if I was going to watch through, and I got to this episode, I'm not going to skip it. Like it's still worth watching. It's still a, it's like a, you know, I gave it a passing grade here. Right. But there are some episodes like Fire Plus Water that comes up. Yeah, I think I'm going to hit the skip <laughs> episode button. I don't need to watch that again. Yeah. Well, honestly, though, and listening to you guys' um, overall thoughts, I think in my mind, looking back, I think a lot of the stuff that happened in this episode, to me, blends together with the next couple of episodes. To me, this is kind of the start of the finale. And, you know, penultimate episode, pen penultimate, whatever it is. To me, the the action of the finale starts in this episode, and a lot of it kind of blends together in my mind, just looking back. So, I enjoyed this episode, but, you know, I think, I think it kind of definitely leads into the next three. All right. Why don't you end us out here, Stephen, with some uh, name dictionary and some pop culture connections here? All right, name dictionary um, had a had a busy episode here. We got a little little bit of Sawyer action finally. So um, he called Jen boy and Sulu called Kate sweet cheeks and puddin <laughs> <laughs> and called Michael pilot boss captain chief and Mickey. So uh, <laughs> Sawyer was on a roll this episode. He was making up for the last couple episodes yeah. where he didn't say anything to anybody. <laughs> yeah, total freckle count, still five though. They he was he wasn't using his cutesy freckle nickname with Kate this episode. Oh, it'll it'll, it'll it'll pick back up in season two. <laughs> um I do like the Mickey use there. <laughs> yes. That was funny. So so, uh, pop culture connections. We had quite a few this episode. Uh, the movie Psycho. The opening scene is an homage to Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, in which a blonde woman on the run drives into a motel. The hair dye draining in the shower references the film's famous shower scene, in which blood goes down the drain. The film's motel is called the Bates Motel. The music that plays during the scene is called Kate's Motel, and incorporates the film's score. <laughs> after after Lost finished, uh, Carlton Cuse actually produced a TV series based on Psycho called Bates Motel, which featured Nestor Carbonell, who we will meet in a few seasons on Lost. So they they must have must have been big fans of, of Psycho. Wow, that is like a juicy sandwich of trivia yeah. right there. I like all those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's very satisfying. Actually. Uh, this next one's a good one too. Um, Kate's alias, she goes by Joan Hart, um, and that is similar to the name Melissa Joan Hart, who is the main actress in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So, In Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Beth Broderick, who played Kate's mom, also played Sabrina's aunt. Kind of a fun little tie-in there. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of the episode was uh, Born to Run, 
refers to the famous 1975 album and song by Bruce Springsteen. The song speaks of a couple who, like young Kate and Tom, dream of driving away from their small town. Uh, and because of the nickname, he calls him Boss. You know, the Boss. There you go. Ties in again. <laughs> Um, start little Star Trek reference when Sawyer refers to Jen as Sulu. Um, Hikara Sulu is a Japanese character in the original Star Trek series. Um, again, we see a little Sawyer racism. Um, Daniel Day Kim has actually played two different Star Trek characters during his career, although neither were related to Sulu. Hmm. Um, Survivor. Sawyer asks Michael if he's going to vote him off the raft. Kind of a little nod to Survivor, the popular reality TV show produced in many countries. In the show, contestants are isolated in a remote location and vote to eliminate one another from the competition. The show's first season took place on an island and players were said to vote one another off the island. This show, this show gave ABC producer Lloyd Braun the original idea for Lost. Shortly before the finale aired, the main cast of Lost filmed a crossover video with the host of Survivor, jokingly suggested, suggesting that the entire series took place as part of that reality show. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I, I will say, you know, people, um, you know, may not think about Survivor much now, but I, I agree. It definitely actually impacted the success of Lost because they were both really popular at the same time. And believe it or not, Survivor is actually still going. Uh, yeah, I actually I haven't watched it in years, and I've been watching the newest season because it's a it's a all winner season. So like it has, I was convinced. Yeah, I've seen a lot of. <laughs> it's it's pretty entertaining. It's it's been good. I've watched all the episodes. So I've far seen this more season. talk about I... Survivor online than I have in a long time. So they must be having a, a good season. I have not seen Survivor in. Oh man, it's been a long time since I've watched. It's been years since I've watched Survivor. Well, it's still going strong. Jeff Probst is—he's uh, getting up there, though. He's—I'll just say—he's uh, not Richard Alpert, so he does. <laughs> no, he does eventually. A couple grays. <laughs> oh, might my. be a little uh, Botox in there too. I'm not sure. A little Botox in there. Uh, he doesn't have the guy liner though. That's funny. Uh, just a couple more little uh, pop culture connections here. We got. The DS Array, the music in Kate's flashback references the DS Array, a chant used in Catholic Requiem Masses, which are Masses for the Dead or Funeral Mass. This foreshadows Tom's death at the end of the episode. And then, uh, last one is, of course, New Kids on the Block. Um, if you don't know New Kids on the Block, you are probably much younger than me. They were, um... Mm popular boy band in 1989 when the box was buried the box was buried and i think they're still going strong that. too just like survivor okay all right uh well awesome so listen we have uh we talked about how we want to split up because technically um exodus is two parts but they recorded it as um so it combines episode 23, it's part one, and then 24 and 25 make up part two. Part one's about the normal length. Part two is about 86 minutes, so about double. So it's about a two-hour finale. So we've talked about how we want to do that. We Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do part one 
unless we change our minds we're only going to do part one next time and then we're going to come back and cover part two just because if not that's going to be um over two hours worth the cover uh, of lost and there's a lot going on in exodus that we don't want to kind of just skim over real quick because we want to try to fit everything in one so but um, but anyway, so that's kind of what we're going to do. So next week, next, or next time we record, we're going to do Exodus Part 1. We're getting to the end of Season 1. So a lot of stuff will be revealed, and we'll learn a lot of stuff. So, Well, here's what you can do. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at RetroZapped, uh, at Leash Lost Rewatch Pod. Um, you can find me at the DC Fanboy on Twitter. Uh, Steven, where can uh, people find you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at lucky at lucky thirteen Steve. Awesome. And uh, Corey, what about you? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at original mav. All right, and you can find everything we talk about here on the RetroZap Discord. So go to RetroZap.com for more details. And while you're there, take a look around. Bunch of posts, bunch of articles, some more podcasts for our for our network and our T Public Store, or just pretty much anything that suits your fandom and with all that being said guys i am born to run off this podcast now because we are done with this podcast for this episode y'all feel good about it oh yeah yes all right well uh until next time we'll catch you back on the island so peace out everybody all right peace out see ya goodbye